98.9 The Impact one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's exposure. Good evening. You are tuned in to the Impact Exposure Movie Chat, 89FM. I will be your guest host, David, this evening, sitting in for Brad Brooks, who's contemplating Hegel's dialectic. Uh, tonight's panel, the uh, esteemed and uh, eligible and very attractive gentleman. So ladies, please give us a call. Uh, to my far left, Dan. Dan, how are you today? Uh, good. I'm not uh, contemplating anything that Hegel ever wrote, though. So, uh, <laughs> more, more of a Marx kind of man. Just I, You know, we all have our preferences. <laughs> I'm more of a Heidegger man myself. But. Uh, fair enough. And, and, and I know that Phil is sort of a Kierkegaard man. Phil, tell us about <laughs> Kierkegaard. My God. <laughs> not Kierkegaard. Um, yeah, I, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> And Andy has actually figured it all out and achieved the Buddha status, so he doesn't have to worry about Western philosophy anymore. Andy, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. I actually have not figured it all out. Um, I am a Kierkegaard man, for the record. Oh, okay. Uh, well, and ironically, I was contemplating earlier today uh, Kant's critique of pure reason. Oh, well, that's so, fair enough. I, I, I was actually sitting in a help room all afternoon, so not quite as impressive, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, we've got a jam-packed, chock-a-block show for you this evening, but before we dig into the meaty goodness of movies, we're going to begin, as always, with the Reverend's News. Reverend? Yep. Um, <laughs> I know y'all are saying, what are, the, what are these, these great movies that I love? When are the sequels coming out? Well, I'll tell <laughs> you. There's a couple, couple in the works for those who've been holding their breath. Uh, As have I. Yeah. Big Mama's House 2. Finally. Is finally being made. Finally. After and the years <laughs> of waiting. Now, is, did Martin Lawrence uh, sign on, or did they have to go with a lesser? No, they got Martin Lawrence and uh, Neil Long uh, from the original movie. So Wow. it's Getting the whole all, cast back. Everybody's coming wow. back. It, throw in some Eddie Murphy for some <laughs> extra goodness, maybe, right? Uh, yeah, possibly. Why not? Um, also... Uh, even more anticipated, the Net 2.0. Oh, um, heavens to Betsy! This, that sounds great. This one without Sandra Bullock. They did have to go for a, a lesser for this one. <laughs> uh, just a, and, and but then again, aren't they all right? Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. So those are being made. Look forward <laughs> to that. Um, in slightly more legitimate, but wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that that wasn't very legitimate? <laughs> oh, they're legitimate. It's just, uh, Is they're there terrifying. Is there any word on uh, completing the uh, Miss Congeniality trilogy anytime? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no word on that yet. No, nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's also talk about doing a sequel to The Last Detail, uh, the Jack Nicholson movie from the 70s. Um, uh, which, uh... <laughs> How? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Jack Nicholson wants to be in it, as does uh, Randy Quaid reprising their characters, and uh, Morgan Freeman is going to play the older version of the other actor in that movie. Okay. Who I don't remember his name. And didn't apparently, apparently didn't feel like doing this one, huh? Yeah, I guess not. Um, so it's like The Fugitive. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. um, the, uh, th there's a movie I love called Freaked, directed by Alex Winter. It's a movie that not many people have seen. Alex Winter is the other guy from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Who's not Keanu Reeves, um, and, <laughs> and who therefore uh, we respect more? Yeah, it's it's a great movie. It came out in the early '90s. Um, I don't think it even really got much of a theatrical run. That's actually coming out on DVD this summer. Available at video to go outlets across this great land of ours. <laughs> yeah, all all the all ones one that you can them. find. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's coming out. That's cool. Uh, my last. Uh, Super exciting bit of news for myself is obviously with the new uh, King Kong coming out, it's no surprise they are going to put a, a DVD of King Kong, the original, out, um, which they haven't done at all yet, right. much less special editions. Uh, they remastered the movie. Uh, supposedly it looks awesome. Um, but they've also decided to re-release the original in theaters in a limited oh, run. Oh, man. So, Ooh. That's my coolest bit of news for the week that I managed to track down. Well, 
I, and I'm glad you actually did manage to track that down because seriously, if you had had that, I really we'd have just completely <laughs> wasted five minutes of everyone's lives. The Net 2.0, one and all, come and Big Mama's house too. <laughs> hey, freaks! Freaks a good movie. I swear. It's, or, got, a, it's got a clay title thing, right? Exactly. Those are fun. <laughs> you don't see those that often. No. Right. <laughs> Well, after the uh, amazing goodness of all the exciting news, it's almost tempting to not even bother with what's out in theaters. But in the interest of keeping you informed, we will move on. Out in theaters this past week was the Amityville Horror, horror starring Ryan whatever the heck and Millions starring Little Children and directed by Danny Boyle. We will begin with Millions and I believe only Phil saw Millions, and my impression of Millions, Phil, okay. as somebody who just has seen the trailer, is that it's pretty much just a British pay-it-forward. Would I be right, or would I be wrong? Um, I would say leaning more towards wrong. Okay. Just, it's, it has uh, similar elements, but I would say that Millions isn't super cheesy like pay-it-forward is. Okay. It's more, it's it's a movie for the whole family, and it's not, um, you know, it's it's more in a sense it is more of a kids movie, but the whole family can enjoy it. Whereas I think Pay It Forward wasn't really a kids movie. It was, and no one could enjoy it exactly, and no one could enjoy it. Um, yeah, quick rundown of the plot. Um, there's a couple kids, and uh, they stumble across this big bag of money before the transfer um, from pounds to euros and uh, like immediately before it's the week before and uh, they are trying to decide what they're going to do with all this money that they have. And um, you know, good setup for a, a kid's movie. It's like blank check, you know, <laughs> <laughs> except serious, except serious. Yeah. Isn't there a monkey in blank check or am I thinking of a completely different kid's movie? It seems uh... like blank check had some dramatic elements to it though. If memory serves. Well, Brian Bonsell's pretty dramatic, right? <laughs> I thought it was Monkey Trouble that had okay. monkeys. Is that, but but isn't am I? I think I, I'm I bleeding them all together into one Duff. lumpy mass. Duff was in it. I don't, I don't remember a monkey, but you know who knows. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Millions, pretty solid movie. Um, like Pay It Forward, it does have this kind of uh, Christian element to it. Although in Millions, it's much more overt. Right, and um, Pay so It Forward is very. It, I don't know, it's subtle, but they don't say, hey, this is a Christian movie, but it just has that kind of vibe. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I really liked Millions a lot. I never saw the trailer, so I don't know how it was hyped, but uh, right. very enjoyable, very cute. I would use the word cute okay. to describe it. And obviously also benefiting from not having Haley Joe Osment, right? Uh, yes, so, yes. So, oh, 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 what, I would say one thing, though. It's kind of a warning. Um the movie's rated PG, um, and I think there's some stuff in it that is potentially, like, I wouldn't necessarily want young kids to see in a movie. So it's it's a little, it might be a little darker than you're thinking. Like, for example, School of Rock was PG-13, right. and I thought that movie was a lot more tame than Millions. Okay. Not to say Millions is really bad, it's just, you know, there's certain things in it where it's like a younger kid wouldn't understand or might be scared at. So. Just, so so not necessarily bad or wrong, but just perhaps a little bit too intense. Yeah, a little too intense. That's that would be the word that I would use. Okay. So but overall, a a pretty positive endorsement of the movie Millions. Yeah. Okay. Right. So and are you a Danny Boyle fan, by the way? Um I don't know if I'd use the word fan, but I uh I haven't really hated any of his movies. So you know, and there's and I liked Train Spotting right. and um, uh, <laughs> how did you feel about say Twenty Eight Days Later? Yeah, that was okay. Which of course is basically the exact same movie, right? So right, <laughs> um, you know, it's like he's all right. I enjoy his stuff. Okay. Okay. How would you compare it to Danny Boyle's first movie, Shallow Grave, which Ooh. has a similar storyline? Group of friends discover a, a cache of money. There's actually a, a little moment in the movie that could be uh, thought of as a shallow grave reference. I'm not sure if it actually was, but since it is the same director, that would make sense. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it, it has similarities. Obviously, Shallow Grave is super dark, and right. It's, right. it's definitely for adults, whereas this is more for children, and, you know, it's obviously a little happier. But, yeah, there's there's elements of, you know, both okay. kind of stories, yeah. Okay, so ringing endorsement overall for Millions. Go, You can check it out in theaters this week. Um, before we move on to discuss the Amityville Horror we're going to open the phone lines at 432-3893 for your chance to win a special prize pack for the movie being released this weekend, A Lot Like Love, starring, I know everyone on this panel's favorite, Ashton Kutcher, and I know everybody on this panel's second favorite, Amanda Peet. <laughs> awesome. This prize pack, and before you call, before you let me, let me sell you on the amazingness of this prize pack. This prize pack includes a... A lot like love tank top. So with summer coming, you know you need tank tops. A an a lot like love movie soundtrack featuring today's hottest bands like Travis and The Cure and a poster from the film. So we will take the seventh caller at 432-3893. So call in now and get yourself on a lot like love prize pack. And we will be discussing that later in the show, so don't go away. But now, we will move on to the Amityville Horror, which Dan saw this week. I did. How did you feel about the Amityville Horror? I'm not really sure how to review this one. That's and... always a very <laughs> promising start. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm not sure in that... Like, it, I certainly... Ultimately, I can't. I can't say it's a good movie or anything. Well, fair enough. I, I was, I was actually kind of entertained, but okay. I, I, I really. This is one of those movies. I'm not really even sure why I went to go see it. I had really no <laughs> okay. intent of seeing it, and I just kind of found myself at the theater going. I guess this is showing now. So just kind of. I just kind on of a whim with some friends, kind of heading to the theater or by sort of myself. Thing. You know, okay, those fair of us, enough. you know, without friends, do things like that. Well, well. <laughs> Absolutely, they do. (laughs) And there is nothing wrong with that. Some of us like to be alone, but at any rate. Or have to be. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, moving on. Um, No, um, I – so I – after seeing Blade Trinity – (laughs) <laughs> and, and this um, review keeps getting more and more promising. <laughs> I'm not I, sure what to think. Blade Trinity comes to mind. Um, well, after seeing Blade Trinity, I, I think I declared Ryan Reynolds my least favorite actor ever. I, okay. Uh, I, I, hate, I hated him, truly hated him in every, at least every moment of that movie in particular. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate him as much in this. I, okay. I guess I was, I was just kind of entertained by, by this one. I, I really... Uh, whatever. A few weeks ago, I, I said that with like Sin City. Sin City was a movie that I I really enjoyed a lot, but couldn't probably fully defend. But I would right. say there are definitely ways I could still defend Sin City. I won't even try to defend Amityville Horror. Okay. And and, and, and say anything good about it. But I'll say I I found myself kind of entertained, and I wasn't I wasn't too upset. Okay. When I saw it, so, so that's, that's so... kind of my review of it, I guess. And the the premise, I guess, in case people don't know, is that there's a house where murders took place, and then uh, Ryan Reynolds and his wife and her kids move into it a year later, um, and that's and then bad things happen. Well, and that's pretty much a haunted house movie and, for and you. It's so. in Amityville, and it's in Amityville. There you are, which so. is somewhere in America. I forget where. Phil, yeah. <laughs> Amityville Horror. How did you feel about the Amityville Horror? Um, it, it was pretty painful for me. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I was just watching the movie, and you know they're they're trying so hard. Like <laughs> I, they were honestly trying to make a good movie, and mm-hmm. it just every moment, it's just no. <laughs> no, that's not working. I'm sorry. It's, you know, the, right off the bat. I mean, there's there's a way that you build suspense. There's a way that right. you do a haunted house movie. As soon as they enter the house, it's like a shot of the vent. And it's like, <laughs> creepy doors. And it's like, come on, let, <laughs> you know, build some suspense first. Don't start out just, the so, house is evil. <laughs> 
Um, I thought Ryan Reynolds was really bad in this movie, too, I have to say. <laughs> I kind of disagree with uh, Dan on that one there. Um, also, I, I think it's really funny that um, Michael. this is the second movie that Michael Bay has produced in this. I think it's uh, Platinum Dunes production company that only does horror movie remakes. They're kind of right. like uh, that Dark Castle company. So they did that Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which they said was based on a true story <laughs> not based on a true story although that's kind of fair because the original movie also said it was based on a true story so you know kind of fits in with that uh this movie again says based on a true story but yet it you know and there's some debate as to whether these events actually happened but this guy's family was a real family they did really live in this house and they did move out 28 days later after they moved in and left all of their stuff there that much is true. And they don't even really follow the, you know, alleged truth of right. what happened. <laughs> you know, they just <laughs> take that basic concept and completely make it up and and combine elements of a number of different horror movies. Uh, the right. Shining being an obvious oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's just a bunch of other things. Sixth Sense. There's like a scene from The Sixth Sense in there. And, <laughs> poltergeist and it's just uh i don't know it's it's not scary did you find it scary at all no it's no. not scary at no. all no it's not it's, even not even just like a couple of good jumps there's there's jumps but even those are so there, there's probably i can think of maybe like one instant where i i don't want to say i jumped but i kind of right. like moved kind of you fast. started <laughs> shifted <laughs> you know. from one one side of the seat um, to the other yeah and then he stood up and said, I meant to do that. <laughs> I wasn't really scared, you guys. <laughs> so with you mentioned that you felt like they were trying to make a good movie. So, I mean, is that I mean, and obviously for you, this is this isn't a, this is kind of academic at this point. Really? But, but we've got time. OK, sure. So do you care more? I mean, are you more would you prefer to see something that tries really hard and you know it's trying really hard, but it's just missing every single time for you or would you like something that just kind of like goes through the numbers and occasionally hit something right just by virtue of rote memorization um well i like whatever's more entertaining so okay. and, and, and i understand it's not an exact science you don't know what you're gonna get when you start out making a movie every time and th this guy had never done a big the director had never done a big movie before um which i think is kind of Michael, Michael Bay's style, you know, get some new person that you don't have to pay very much, and then you can kind of tell them what to do. Um, so, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I appreciate the effort. The photography's kind of nice. You know, there's some pretty pictures in it, but, yeah, I don't know. Just, <laughs> I, <laughs> just... It, it almost, to me, it almost played like a parody of Haunted House movies. Like, I, okay. I started watching the movie like that, and it actually, <laughs> actually got a lot of laughs out of it looking at it from that perspective. <laughs> okay. So one thumb sort of up and another <laughs> thumb strictly down for Amityville Horror. Um, damn. Yeah, well, and I'd say yeah, I, I, I do agree with uh, with Reverend in that it's it's a movie that it has no sense of humor about itself at all. Okay. It, it, I, think, I think maybe that's what uh, Phil, Phil's getting at, where it's really trying to be, you know, more right. more like The Exorcist rather than, I don't know, you know, like a, a funny zombie movie or something right. like that. Or, I mean, it, it really does. It takes itself very seriously. And, okay. uh, yeah. And again, I really kind of wish I could debate Phil in this one, but, but I, no. I, I can't. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. And so there you have it. Amityville Horror now playing in theaters in the greater Lansing area, but not everything that has been enjoyed by our esteemed panel today was seen in the greater Lansing area. And we turn now to Andy, who escaped from East Lansing to go see the movie Old Boy. And I will turn it over to Andy now to tell us about Old Boy and how he felt about it. All righty. Well, Old Boy uh, is a much acclaimed film from uh, Korea. It was actually uh, made a few years ago and did the festival circuit thing and did a short run in theaters. It's not going to play here. Uh, right. It did play in Detroit for about a week or so. Uh, it won the uh, Palme d'Or at the uh, at the Cannes Film Festival, which is a very prestigious uh, film, um, no matter who you ask, I think. Right. And uh, I I went in with some 
trepidation, I suppose. Uh, it is a Korean movie. And, and between the Reverend and myself, uh, Korean <laughs> movies are not very good. They're just, um, they're, I, they're boring, they're, uh, they're languid, they're ugly, they're stupid, uh, pointless, all the rest of it. But this was actually really good. I enjoyed this very much. Um, it's from the director of a movie that I disliked very much called Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which Phil and I actually both saw together and did not like it. That's a, uh, it's better <laughs> right. off. It's, 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 um, it's better off left unexplored, I think. And, and we will. Right. <laughs> so Old Boy, uh, I guess a, a little synopsis is in order It's a, because it does become a little complex. Uh, well, there's a man who is kidnapped by uh, some unidentified people, and he's kept in a room for 15 years. He's held prisoner for 15 years without being told why he's there or, or anything. Left completely in the dark, literally, for 15 years. Until one day he is released for some reason. And the reason he's been released is to figure out why he was locked up. <laughs> And it's you know, it sounds a little absurd, and it, and it is. It's it's right. a very absurd plot. It's it reminded me at times of the movie The Game, where there's all these alien things, these outside forces, uh, you right. know, uh, fo- uh, you know, foisting themselves upon this guy, and he has to figure out what's going on. You know, the object of the game is to figure out the object of the game, as it were. Right. And uh, this movie had garnered kind of a reputation for being very harsh and violent. And there are some scenes of very extreme violence, which I thought were uh, very effective. Um, They did do a lot with very little. And uh, he does eventually discover why he's locked up, why he was put away. And um, up to that point, the movie is strictly a sort of an exploitation revenge tale, sort of like an Abel Ferrara, uh, Bad Lieutenant. It's uh, an obvious... uh, American parallel. Okay. I suppose if this movie had been made in this country, it would have been directed by Ferrar and starred Harvey Keitel. <laughs> um, and it is being remade, by the way, but more on that later. Um, when you do discover why he was locked up, and uh, it, it, the movie takes on kind of a noir quality, I think, right. and it v- becomes very twisted and evil. And um, the line between good guys and bad guys and who, quote, wins and who, quote, loses. Right loses in the movie become completely blurred and it's uh actually digs a lot deeper i think than most uh movies of this of this elk and uh, i enjoyed it very much um i yeah i seriously doubt it'll play here but um yeah it's uh, definitely one to look for on video i think it's um it's it's i think it's my favorite so far this year granted granted, granted we're only halfway through april i mean we're only about a what a fourth a third of the way through the year so yeah, and granite hasn't been a very good year anyway, but um, right, but still, it, you but don't... it's memorable. I mean, I would I would certainly want to see it again. Right. Okay. I think so. So and is that still playing? That is playing. Oh, today might even be the last day. I mean, if if you're a commuter like me and right. you you make it out to the Detroit or Royal Oak area, you know, suburban Detroit, um, yeah, uh, I would I would highly recommend going to check it out. You know, okay. if you have the means and the time. So, so turn the radio off and get in the car and go. <laughs> go. We're not doing anything. We'll wait for you. We'll be here when you get back. Go see <laughs> Old Boy. Um, also, playing far, far away from our beloved East Lansing is the movie Born Into Brothels, which I knew only the concept about up until actually moments before the show. And I was very intrigued by the concept. And I will hand it over to Dan who actually saw this, and does it live up to the intrigue and the concept? Um, yeah, I guess it does. Uh, it's, yeah, the, uh, the, the concept is this, uh, this woman, actually I guess it was a man and woman, they, they had gone over to, uh, to Calcutta to, uh, to do a, I guess their goal is to do a documentary on the actual red light district. Right. But they found they couldn't actually um, really get in there and film, people would kind of freak out and mm-hmm. they would really run or they would just, it was just bad reactions would happen right. in general. Um, so, and they also found that while they were walking around Calcutta, around there, the, the children of, uh, of the prostitutes in the red light district would follow them around. And so right. they really ended up, I guess this woman in particular really ended up befriending a lot of these, uh, these children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she began visiting there quite often and she, actually started up a photography class for these kids. Okay. And uh but part of her purpose for doing the class was she would give she would give them cameras and have them go into 
the red light district <laughs> where she couldn't go. Right. So it was kind of a, I guess, a win-win situation. She would get these pictures that she wouldn't be able to get ordinarily. Right. But at the same time, these kids were actually learning something and getting a chance to do something that could actually get them out of the uh, the red light district. Right. Um. It's 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 a. I felt a an interesting uh, documentary. There 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 are a few points where you kind of get like. I don't know, like filler scenes, you know, you get some like, just like, I don't know, you know, some music playing loud overhand and some like slow-mo type things. And it's like, this probably doesn't need to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, uh, the woman is on camera a lot and it had a little bit of that Michael Moorish thing to it. And and I I like Michael Moore movies, but that's an aspect of them I don't like. And that's something I wasn't crazy about especially she i don't know you could there was a little bit of uh self-righteousness i guess but at the same time she is in calcutta trying to help children of prostitutes so at the same time if if maybe anybody has a right to be a little (laughs) self-righteous maybe she does so um it's uh but no it's i'd say it's 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 a very good uh very good documentary. I'd say it's I, – I was looking for it to be a really great documentary since I know it got a lot of hype and right. it's, uh, it won the, the Academy Award and whatnot. And I'd say it was a very good documentary, like like a, like a solid A-, you know. I'd, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. didn't probably change my life like Spellbound <laughs> or Capturing the Freedmen's did, but okay. I'd say it's very good. Okay. And that is playing at the – Boy, that was in Ann Arbor. That was at the no, Michigan Theater. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. So playing at the Michigan Theater, the movie Born Into Brothels, Academy Award winner for Best Documentary, and uh, got a thumbs up from the one member of our panel who got a chance to see it this week. So if you would like to discuss prostitution in Calcutta, I'm kidding. Actually, don't call for that. From personal experience. Right. <laughs> what we do want to talk about is revenge in Korea. Okay. And, well, and pulling teeth out with claw hammers. And and if you would like to defend Korean movies in general, Andy <laughs> and Phil will take on all comers <laughs> at 432-3893. That's 432-3893. Also, if you'd like to tell me that I'm wrong and that Pay It Forward is fantastic brilliance and that I should leave that Haley Joel kid alone because he's so cute, give us a call. Again, that's 432-3893. Phone lines are open. We now turn to what is opening this weekend. And I am happy to say that it seems like we might be getting to a point where that steady stream of garbage that keeps getting fed to us might start to slow down and be replaced with at least tolerable movies. Opening this week, I know I've been actually really excited about this one for some time, is Kung Fu Hustle, directed and starring, directed by and starring Stephen Chow, who we all love on this panel. And uh, I know that I'm personally very excited to see it. Phil, are you excited to see Kung Fu Hustle as I'm excited to see Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> and there you have it. You're not helping me at all now. <laughs> oh, oh, we've, we've, got, we've got time to um, kill. And you're all like, yeah. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> okay, it's got Kung Fu and, uh, and, and the hustle. And, 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 uh, and and how can you go wrong with Kung Fu and the hustle? You don't get that every day. No. Dan, um, tell me something interesting that you feel about this movie. Please, I'm begging you. I'm excited that it's not Korean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, how many Korean movies just have you seen, Dan? You don't need to see that many, by the way. I watch them for you and tell you how bad they are. I appreciate that. Okay, Andy. Kung Fu Hustle? Yes, Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, indeed, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty psyched for it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Shaolin Soccer, the Chinese version, not the butchered Miramax American version. That movie's stupid, but the original Chinese Stephen Chow version of Shaolin Soccer I like a lot. Um, also, that movie introduced me to uh, Vicky Zhao, who is a relatively popular and kind of notorious star in China, who is one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen. And okay. uh, you, but you probably wouldn't tell to see this movie, but. Um, She's not a bad actress, too, I think. She's pretty funny. Um, there's he, Stephen Chow, uh, I'm just going on about how much of a fan of, of this guy I am. Absolutely. Uh, he made a movie called God of Cookery, which is actually pretty funny. Um, uh, I wouldn't think that cooking would be that could be made that uh, bizarre and funny, but uh, right. it works pretty well. And uh, both movies contain some very strange things. And just from the trailer for Kung Fu Hustle, I'm 
yeah, that movie right. will contain many strange things as well. But right. I'll, but I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Okay, I have a question for okay. for Andy actually with uh, Shaolin Soccer. I, I haven't seen that. Now, I heard the Miramax version. They took the same the footage from the other one. Is that right? And they mm-hmm. re-edited it. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, there's a long story behind that. But we have time, right? Yeah. We okay. <laughs> uh, go for it. All right. The uh, the chairman and CEO of Miramax, uh, Harvey Weinstein, is is notorious for. Um, for buying up lots of uh, very popular foreign language films and re-editing them massively uh, for American release because his opinion of the American public is just that low, that he (laughs) thinks that um, foreign movies are too, quote, foreign or too, quote, different for uh, 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 citizens of the U.S. to handle. So he changes them, you know, to what he thinks people should see or something, which I think is, you know... Charming. Terrible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, choose your adjective. And, um, you know, he did the same thing, he, you know, and like clockwork, he, did, he bought up Shaolin Soccer. He bought up a lot of uh, kung fu movies after the success of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He was, he was going through everything, according to the, uh, as the story goes. And um, Stephen Chow uh, got into a huge fight with Miramax, huge legal battle over the American release. The it's, it's almost a completely different movie. And you can tell I've seen both different versions and the American version is really bad, (laughs) but the Chinese version is, is very good. And, um, one unique thing about the DVD is you have the option to view, uh, either one that okay. they ended that's that's kind of how they settled the uh well the that's dispute. pretty cool though yeah i mean if you if you have to go with a compromise at least it doesn't hurt as bad right right um so we will continue with digging into the glory of upcoming movies immediately after this quick word you're listening to exposure only on 88.9 the impact for more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Okay, we are back after that exciting word. We are now moving on to discuss another movie from acclaimed thriller director Sidney Pollack of Random Hearts fame. The Interpreter starring Nicole Kidman and Sean Penn. An exciting movie in which an interpreter overhears of a fiendish plot to assassinate a world leader and terror and excitement and edge of the seat fun ensues and you will like it and that will be the end of it phil are you excited to see the interpreter no yeah i don't blame you in the least for this one (laughs) i've got to be completely honest with you yeah uh sydney pollock i wish that i could hate his entire resume but he did do a couple good movies like 30 plus years ago so um, but I don't know, his modern stuff, I, I don't really like at all. Right. Fair enough. Probably going to pass on it myself. Right. Well, you know, and, and Michael Jackson did some great records, you know, 25 years ago and, and, and he's not doing so great now either. And that was a completely irrelevant yeah. <laughs> analogy. Apologies to all involved and especially fans of Michael Jackson. Please do not call. I love his music too. Andy, are you excited to see the interpreter? Uh, not so much. Yeah. I mean, every, every 
trailer I've seen on TV says from Sidney Pollack, the direct, you know, master director of Three Days at the Condor. Now, as if it's his, his, his you know, undisputed masterpiece. <laughs> now, I saw Three Days of the Condor. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, it's, it's, it's got a cute setup. You know, I like the first 10, 15 minutes. The rest of the movie is uh, impenetrably complicated. I really don't. I, I still, to this day, have no idea what that movie was about. <laughs> um, and all of Pollock's movies are like that, if they're not mind-numbingly num- num- mind boring. That's the word <laughs> I wanted to say. But right. um, somehow he's managed to attract Sean Penn into this movie. Uh, right. I don't know. Right. Quick answer, no. But Okay. You know. Dan? No. No. I And I'm going to go ahead and make it unanimous here. I am not excited about this movie. This is like, for me, this seems like the kind of movie where somebody somewhere thinks that they've written something that's really intelligent and, and thought-provoking and gripping at the same time, and they are going to pedal it hard to, you know, not necessarily conservative parents, but soccer moms. Who, who really want to feel like they're seeing cutting-edge, gritty filmmaking that's, that's socially relevant, and, and, and it's so completely not, and it makes me sad to think about. Dan? Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies I, I, I guess I would describe as, I guess I haven't seen it, but it looks like it's one of those movies that, that'll be very clever. Where you know, <laughs> right. where little plot twists here and there, and everybody speaks really articulately, and all those interesting things to say, and I, I, I just kind of, I don't know, like I, ha- I hated the firm a lot, and Fair uh, but I don't know, I, I guess I, a lot of people like the firm for whatever reason, but I, I didn't, and I don't think I'd like this. That's my story. Fair enough. Although, yes, if you would like to call and tell us how much you liked the firm, four three two three eighty nine three. Um, also coming out this weekend, A Lot Like Love. And to show you the giddy excitement with which we've all been anticipating this here in the studio, not a one of us knew this was coming out tomorrow until moments, <laughs> moments before the show. So now that you know that it's coming out tomorrow, guys, how do you feel about it, Andy? Uh, I, I feel nothing. <laughs> like, as you said, I didn't know. Right. But no, I won't be seeing it, if that's right. what you're asking. Well, well, I, I, I guess I don't blame you here. Although, we do have one more prize pack to, to get all sorts of goodies related to the movie. A soundtrack featuring exciting rock music from the bands The Cure, Travis, and others. A tank top. That's right, a tank top featuring the A Lot Like Love logo. And a poster from the film available to the ninth caller on 432. 432- 3893 that's the ninth caller so get in there now and get yourself a prize pack for a lot like love phil yeah are you as excited about this movie as our listeners should be about this prize pack uh yes (laughs) (laughs) and Uh, is that a good thing yeah um uh yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not too excited about it i'm not against a, a romantic comedy but it didn't. It did, I did see the preview for this one. It didn't look too interesting. Right. This just sort of seems like a movie which just suddenly appears, and you had no. It's like a, it's a stealth movie, movie right? A stealth, yeah, a stealth it, movie. you had no idea it was coming, and then all of a sudden it's here for you know maybe three weeks, and we're all going to not think about Ashton Kutcher or Amanda Peet and forget about this movie and not see it except Dan, who I'm sure is dying to get a load of a lot like love. You know, I I'm gonna. I don't know if I want to say this, I'm taking a stance, but I, I think the movie looks maybe kind of cute. Okay, justify uh, it. Well, it might be that I just I I kind of like Amanda Peet in a weird way. Uh, okay. Um, I've I, not, I, I've not I, heard that. Go ahead. I, I I I don't know. I I I kind of like her. Um, okay. I well, she I, was great and whipped. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, that aside. <laughs> Um, but not like her little role in Igby Goes Down, I thought was, you know, okay. kind of cute. Uh, even like Saving Silverman is kind of cute. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I think the movie looks like it could be maybe kind of cute. I don't know if I'm going to check it out, but I, I could actually see myself checking this movie out. Okay. So we actually, we, I, surprisingly, we do have somebody who might end up checking out a lot like love. And I hope you do because I will be listening to the radio next week, gripping it in my tight little hands, pleading with somebody to give me a review of this film. Exactly. Um, 
finally coming out this week. Um, Anthony Anderson is, I know, a name on everybody's mind these days. He is hot, 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 and he is finally getting his own vehicle to take the show over. It is entitled King's Ransom, and it is a great movie in which a man arranges his own kidnapping and hilarity ensues. We will discuss this right after our caller. Caller, you are on the air. Uh, hi. I had a uh, quick comment about the movie The Interpreter. Okay. Um, it just, I'm, I'm curious who thought up the title for this thing. You know, it's like the linguist or the <laughs> geophysicist. <laughs> How exciting could interpreting actually be? Um, I just thought if you guys could think of any other movies like that or just skip on to something else. Anyway, bye. Okay, so uh, movies with... Oh, and I, I'm sorry I lost you there, caller. Movies with terrible titles. Oh, God. The Firm. The Firm. <laughs> and, and, and again, Sidney Pollack right there. Random Hearts is also kind of a random title. So Sidney uh, Pollack is currently in the front for terrible names for his movies. Phil, you have something to contribute. Yeah. Um, best movie I can think of offhand with a terrible title is, uh, I believe it's called Night Moves. With oh, Gene Hackman. Fair enough. <laughs> that title is horrible. That but is the movie is pretty good. Right. Ooh, Night Moves. <laughs> Let's get that, honey. Does it actually feature the Bob Seger song, Night Moves? Uh, I don't believe that it does. No. Definitely if the I, if, if I remember correctly. Okay. Because... I, well, I was going to say I can do Phil one better. There's the Christopher Lambert vehicle, Night Moves. Yeah. As in K. chess right. piece, <laughs> Night right. Moves. Yeah. <laughs> Also, Night Riders with Ed Harris with a K N I G. The Romero movie, yeah, right. Yeah. Which as Romero keeps popping up in our little <laughs> world here, um, and I completely lost my train of thought. But King's Ransom, Anthony Anderson, I I loved him in Harold and Kumar, mm-hmm. and, and but he was in that for three minutes. That was a good three minutes, right? So. Give him a movie. So King's Ransom, Dan. Um, you know, I caught the end of Kangaroo Jack the other day. Which had Anthony Anderson as absolutely uh, as, as it the absolutely did. whimsical uh, the sidekick s- sidekick I guess right if you will um, and I, I I hated that um, <laughs> so um, wait 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 you hated the end of Kangaroo Jack well I didn't see the beginning so maybe oh, I didn't well, right quite... so you may just have missed the point right? I might not have gotten it right. honestly I think there was something tying back right so <laughs> we also have another caller caller you are on the air hello. Hello. Hey there, caller. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, How much? much. Uh, kind of speaking on the same lines of bad titles, uh, I saw The Crying Game a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Okay. okay. The worst movie you've ever seen. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I, I believe we've all seen The Crying Game. I don't know that you're going to get too many people on this panel who are going to agree with that it's the worst movie they've ever seen. I mean, do you, do you, I mean, do you kind of go out of your way to watch bad movies or just... Just well, mean, I mean, you know, I was just kind of sitting there eating the, my popcorn, and then, you know, all of a sudden you get the full Monty shot out of nowhere. And fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Thought, <laughs> no, that was kind of ridiculous. Caller, did you did you know about that plot twist going into I, the movie? I seriously didn't. I know. <laughs> wow. I, I've heard about I've heard about the movie, and I heard some good things, and I went and got it. You know, wow. and I thought it was gonna be good, and all of a sudden there it was, and you know, I was kind of shocked. Fair enough. So but, really, you, but really, though, when's when's the last time you were genuinely surprised at a movie? I, I mean, to be fair, right? I mean, that had to, if you didn't know that that was coming, that had to have shocked you. Yeah, just absolutely I, I, I shocked like, you. I was kind of upset nobody told me because, you know, I heard <laughs> people talk about it and said, you know, you know, it's kind of a good movie. And nobody told me that part. And I, I was, I just couldn't believe it. So oh. I thought I'd throw that out there for you guys. All right. Okay. Thanks All right, a lot, caller. Have a good night. And we have another caller. Caller, you are on the air. Hello? Hi, hey. caller. Hi, yeah, I just wanted to say that I I saw the Ashton Kutcher movie already. Oh, so you you have you have sneak peek news. This yeah. is a world exclusive. You are only going to hear about this here. I wish we had another prize pack, but we do not. Tell us about this movie, caller. Well, it left a lot to be desired. Really. That's um, stunning. Just yeah. Don't, don't tell me that. I, I it looks cute. <laughs> I I kind of want to check it out now. I'm... Yeah, it was cute. It was entertaining. You know, it held my interest. Okay. Free. So. Well, free is always the right price for an Ashton Kutcher movie, yes? <laughs> I uh, enjoyed seeing his stunning performance. I loved it. <laughs> um, 
Earth but he shattering. was better in the butterfly effect, maybe. Who knows? Okay, well, I, th- I think we actually, on the panel, I, I think Phil kind of liked the butterfly effect. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. So I, I guess in that sense, I mean, Ashton's performance-wise, better or worse than the butterfly effect? Oh, I think he plays the same character anytime, anyways. So. Okay, fair enough. So pretty much another it's... huge surprise. Yeah, for, uh... yeah. Ashton Kutcher is not a versatile actor. Again, a world exclusive. You will only hear this kind of tidbit on eighty-eight point nine, the impact. Thank you, caller. Have a Thanks. good night. Yeah. So there you have it. Right, we have s- exciting news about a lot like love. Dan, does this change your opinion about a lot like love? Um, no, no. Um. But uh, but I I'd, I'd say uh, I'm gonna take make a, a bold move here. If any callers want to call in with other horrible movie yeah, uh, titles that they think are just really stupid, regardless of whether the movie's stupid or not, right? Um, that you know that could be kind of cool. All right. Also, for the record, I think the Crying Game is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Okay. Not, uh, you know, just to just to polarize uh, our audience and uh, the audience in the panel. Yeah, I'd have to go with uh, good movie, good title there. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I, I'm not I'm not feeling bad on either of those. So. Okay. I I think that a lot of times with a bad title, one of the one of the things that you kind of look for is the blank. Mm-hmm. I think that that's always a recipe for a, a a disappointing or at least a weird title, right? Um, I mean, even a movie like The Shining, right? If you have no idea going into the movie what The Shining is, and you hear that Jack Nicholson's in a movie entitled The Shining, that may not tell you anything of use whatsoever, and consequently may be a pretty bad title. But... Then again, the movie is fantastic. So watch The Shining. I guess I have trouble seeing how somebody could not have known the thing with the crying <laughs> game as it's become <laughs> such a parodied idea in uh, what Naked Gun 33 and a third and uh, Fair Ace Ventura. And I mean, all these all these you know, pretty pop culture movies that have Fair enough. everything that have referenced the, but, what the crying game is and what the big surprise is. And... I, fair enough. But in a sense, like, and for exactly that reason, I guess to some extent I would be kind of jealous of that, right? Because when I saw the sure. movie, I knew that oh, was yeah. that was coming, right? So that was not in any way startling. I mean, it still was kind of startling, but it wasn't the earth-shattering kind of revelation that I think it could be for anybody who had seen that movie and hadn't known going in that you were going to see what you saw. And we're not going to tell you. So if you don't, if you are the <laughs> only person left now who doesn't know, we're not going to tell you about the exciting stuff that you're going to see. I uh, Well, just one last thing on The Crying Game. I will say as someone who works at a video store and uh, rents out this movie a lot, there's a whole generation of people that I, that's come about that's just now discovering the movie and doesn't doesn't know the secret okay just you know just uh to be fair i mean they're still out there i I think i think for uh, a lot of us who maybe grew up in the 90s i think it was really referenced a lot then you know in a lot of movies and tv shows they would talk about it but i guess yeah for kids who are maybe teenagers now right so maybe they would they should see this one i'm just kidding right (laughs) so so kind of in a sense almost like the way psycho it had been forgotten by a lot of people so that when people, you know, I knew some people our age who saw the new Psycho and had mm-hmm. absolutely no idea of what was coming. Oh, which... and that and that just goes on forever. I mean, right. people don't know that the Pacino Scarface is a remake. I mean, right. People don't know that the the Carpenter thing is a remake. Uh, right. Sort of, sort of, kind of a remake. <laughs> that I mean, that's that's cyclical, really. Right. But uh, that such as Hollywood now, right? Indeed. Uh, so, everything's a remake. Well. And and with good reason, because there are no ideas left. Um, speaking of no ideas left, Meet the Fockers comes to DVD this week. Um, ben Stiller gets embarrassed thoroughly, and Robert De Niro makes a angry face a lot, and Barbara Streisand and Dustin Hoffman go hippy-dippy for us all one last time. And Phil, I know yeah. that if anybody in this room... <laughs> would defend Meet the Fockers, it would not be you. Yeah, so tell yeah. me about Meet the Fockers. Did you did you catch that? No, I didn't catch that one. I uh, I hated the first movie, so I didn't really have any interest. I have like a, a somewhat of a, a morbid interest in it because of the cast. Okay. It's like the movie The Score. You, you know it's right. going to be bad, but you want to <laughs> see it just because all the people in know. it. <laughs> Dan, you did see Meet the Fockers. Yeah, I thought it was cute. Um, it was, I, I expected it to be 
really terrible. I, even okay. though I, I enjoyed the first one. Um, okay. The second one wasn't probably that good, but it was better than I thought it would be, and I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of cute. Okay. So. So meet the fuckers <laughs> available on DVD. Uh, also out this week, and this one actually, I think at least a couple of the people on this panel were pretty excited about was the movie Birth. Directed mm-hmm. by Jonathan Glazer, starring Nicole Kidman, who is also of now in theaters with The Interpreter, which we discussed earlier on the show for those of you just tuning in. And we're not going to talk about it again. But, <laughs> Birth. <laughs> Andy, you saw Birth, yes? I did. And you loved Birth, yes? I, uh, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> I, I, Please, Andy. I just I'm dying here. Because I throw the word love around, right. you know, so liberally anyway. Well, right. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. It's, um, it's, it's an Andy movie. Right. Um, within my within our circle of people, uh, they've come to know what you know the quantifiers and qualifiers of an Andy movie are, and this right. is uh, this is one of them. It's it's very European in the way it's shot. Um, right. The the story is very ridiculous, but it's handled in a somewhat sane way, and it's um you know it's got kind of an Eastern European disquieting feel to it. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, Dan. No, I would I would uh, I would agree, and I I would say I I, I didn't. I, I didn't love it, but I think I probably like maybe liked it about as much as, as Andy did, which 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 was you know I, I liked it. Okay. Um, it was yeah, it's it's very European. Like it really it looks like it should have subtitles. Just just and I right. it's almost I don't even know how to explain it. I guess, but just a lot of the shots, a lot of the dialogue. Um, right. It's but I and I don't know if I would recommend it to a lot of people, and I'm not trying to sound even elitist, but it just I don't I don't know if a lot of people would like it. Even. Right, not that there, they wouldn't get it, just that they wouldn't like there, it. Well, I mean, and there may be one scene in particular that I may be thinking of, and you're probably thinking of too. Is that probably where you're heading with this? Um, maybe to some extent. Uh, maybe to some extent, sure. Okay. Um, there's scene, yeah, scene that probably wouldn't set well with a lot of American audiences. I, sure. I think that there would be at least a few people who would probably be offended had anybody seen this when it came out. Um, we can say it's it's that. I mean, I'm, and I'm referring to the scene. We could say. Uh, we could compare the movie to uh, the integral version of uh, Leon okay. about uh, with Jean Renault and the dynamic between he and, and Natalie Portman in that movie. Again, that's a very European movie made you know, right. by American producers. This is very much the same thing. And Leon, for those of you who don't know, is also known as the professional. The professional. Right. But to those in the know, you know, right. no. the cools, inner circle. <laughs> so you'll only – Dan. Oh, I was just going to say one movie I, I – it was on uh, – I was on TV the, the other day was The NeverEnding Story. And I, I never realized, I hadn't watched it since I was probably 10. I never realized how European that movie really is. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I, and I never just, I'd never thought about it. And it was it was on. And I just, I, I mean, th- from the music to the characters to the everything, it's 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 just, I mean, and of course, and I know it's directed and written by all Germans and whatnot. And it was, right. I believe, filmed in Germany also. It was. That was that was the little thing I was going to bring up. Next time you watch The, the NeverEnding Story, those scenes out on the streets, that's actually Munich. And um, those those kids are German, and and they're speaking German, and they had to have their voices dubbed over. So um, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind next time you watch uh, Sebastian or Bastion. Yeah, Bastion, Bastion yeah. be chased down the street by a bunch of screaming German, you know, blondie <laughs> kids. You know, <laughs> you know. And, and another useless, never-ending story trivia: Jonathan Brandis, the the kid in the never-ending story two, has unfortunately passed on, um, and that's really sad, but useless. Dan. So oh. birth. <laughs> birth. <laughs> so back to uh back to birth. Brandis also starred in great movies such as Ladybugs. <laughs> and uh he was on that show. What was that Sea Sequest? I'm sad that I, I know. Honestly, yeah. Oh, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Sequest, yeah. right? There is a uh there was a uh, short film. As long as we're talking about Jonathan <laughs> Brandis, <laughs> there was a short film at the East Lansing Film Festival called Forgetting Jonathan Brandis, which I was extremely creepy. Like, creepy really? good, yeah. It was uh, it was about the life of Jonathan Brandis. But did you see this? You no, seem like you're what, nodding. Not, no, but that's what prompted me to look up. That's why I know the stuff about him. I thought, who who, who is this Jonathan Brandis? <laughs> he's been person? forgotten. And then I was like, oh, he's that kid. Okay, and that's why I looked up and I knew that stuff about him. It's everyone in the cast of the movie has these masks on, and uh, they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really creepy. And then it shows Jonathan Brandis before he's a star, and the 
the dolphin from Sequest starts talking to him. It crawls out from under the sheets in his bed. Uh, Darwin the dolphin. It's like you have to be a star, Jonathan. And <laughs> wow! It creeps. It creeps me out wow. totally. Wow, that's that's a wow. And and where and just at the film festival, like in a short film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea where you could track it down, but right. <laughs> if you can, it's really creepy. So yeah, well that does. I'm actually so disturbed that I don't know if we can go on. Frankly, <laughs> I, talking dolphins under the sheets is just too much for me. Uh, but back to birth. <laughs> so birth, star, directed by Jonathan Glazer, who I personally have loved for a very long time, did a couple of really great music videos actually uh particularly for radiohead he did the street spirit video as well as the video for karma police which is one of my all-time favorite music videos so visually i and and that from the movie i felt like visually this had a certain not just a music when you say it looks like a music video that's generally meant as an insult but here i would say that i meant i mean that and in a good way this looked. Uh, this had visually. This struck me like a good music video should strike me. Like a lot of the shots themselves would convey things without any dialogue going on. Yeah, I would say I think the the directing and and the acting was was really good. Uh, the only thing I had trouble with, honestly, was the story. Is was the right. thing I thought was the weak point of the movie. Um, right. But I thought everything else, I, I kind of saved it really in a lot of ways. Right. I I haven't seen the movie, but I'll chime in. Uh, the kid who stars in it is the same actor who's in the movie Godsend. And I just think it's kind of cool that there's two movies, both kind of based around the fact that this kid is super creepy. <laughs> I mean, this kid is, like, scary. And I, and I always use the kid when trying to sell Phil on this movie. I keep trying to convince him to watch it. You know, I say, it's like Godsend, except not stupid. Right. <laughs> in a nutshell. That's, yeah. right, right. So, also to DVD this week, House of Flying Daggers exciting beautiful martial arts action not korean not korean so andy you saw this yes i did tell us about house of flying daggers oh you mean synopsize it well, well it's if, uh, if, if just tell us anything hard. anything you want to tell us it, about uh, house of flying daggers already it's a it's it's the new movie from uh acclaimed chinese director named zhang yimo he directed hero and a number of other uh fairly popular Chinese movies from the 90s. Um, it starts. It inhabits a very popular uh, genre called wuxia, which is more commonly known as martial arts in the United States, and starts out that way uh, as almost kind of like has a, sort of a Bollywood feel in the beginning, and then, uh, the next, uh, and then it steps up into sort of a political conspiracy and then, and then takes a third step into sort of a love triangle, and it reminded me kind of like, Jules and Jim, almost. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, I thought the acting was great. Um, the stunts, uh, the stunts and special effects, and the fighting are well done. Although it becomes more progressively more raw as the story goes on, which I liked. Right. And uh, towards the end, um, just uh, the final scenes, and you know, knowing the characters and all they've been through, and the dynamic that exists between them, it's it's fantastic. It was one of my favorites of last year. Okay. So, so Phil, uh, care to add anything to that? Yeah, um, I, I loved the movie, okay. and uh, I don't know what the popular opinion of this, but I know a lot of people who really loved Hero and really didn't like House of Flying Daggers. Really? And this is another one of those examples where I have no idea why. <laughs> I mean, they are different kinds of movies, but like I have, there's a lot of hatred towards House of Flying Daggers. I have no idea why. I think it's a really fun movie. Okay. Yeah, I would I would say for those of you who maybe thought Hero was a little slow, but like the way it looked, I, right. I thought House of Flying Daggers was one of the most complete movies I saw from last year. It was one of my absolute favorites. I just thought it, it just it really had it all. It had it had just the the beautiful imagery, the, the great story, the great acting, um, and, and yeah, just the the great uh, interplay between between the people. It was truly a, a thoroughly enjoyable movie, but just a great movie. I I loved it. Okay, so. Of all the stuff that we've talked today about today, the pick of the week would probably have to then be House of Flying Daggers as a consensus. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so House of Flying Daggers is probably the movie for the week for us. And we've got just a few moments for any final thoughts for the week. So if we want to turn this back to Jonathan Brandis, gentlemen, let's, let's please do. Or not. <laughs> Jonathan Brandis had a very short and sad life, uh, at the end of which uh, he took his own um so, yeah 
and, and that's and that's Jonathan Brandis. And that was kind of a downer to end it on. Uh, Never any story two sucks anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a lost cause, really, if you think about it. But the first movie's really good. Okay. So Phil, last thoughts for the day. A uh, quick rundown of two movies coming out on video this week. Uh, there's a horror movie called Malevolence that's um, been getting a lot of hype. I thought it was absolutely terrible and boring. There's another <laughs> movie called Riding the Bullet from the director of Sleepwalkers, Mick Garris, which I wasn't expecting much out of and actually thought was pretty good. Okay. So any final thoughts, Andy? Nah. Quick, no? Yeah. Damn. I, I think I'm all right. Thoughts. All right. So... Thanks for sticking with us throughout an exciting and chock-a-block hour of movie goodness. The Basement is up next here to rock y'all with awesome local music, and stay tuned for that. Thank you for putting up with me. I'm David, filling in for Brad, who I promise will be back and good next week. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.